Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. Hey, happy Wednesday. I am glad that you guys are here. Anybody just get tore up over parent-teacher conferences? Like you got lit up by your parents? How many of you guys just, you're just like, yep, I got what I deserve. You know what, you know, <laughs> the funny thing about that, all of you guys know that your parents have like parent portal and so like they're going to find out at some point, right? Like I know a lot of you guys probably getting torn up. Guess what? I want to give you some hope. You're not defined by your grades, but you do need to work hard at them or your parents will be angry, all right? A little fun for tonight. You know, I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about this message on identity I bet you guys as students think that every adult that walks through this world is so confident in who they are and they don't have the struggles that you have or that you feel like you have as a student. Like a funny thing about today, I learned something a few weeks ago that I cannot preach up here in a hat even though I've been wearing a hat all day. I am self-conscious right now about having hat hair. Isn't that stupid? Like, Parker looked at me and goes, hey, you cannot wear that hat while you're preaching. It makes you look like the biggest villain on earth. And I was like, what, wait, and he took it off and he goes, nope, there you go. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? And he goes, well, go wet it down. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm confident in who I am in Christ. I'm not defined by my hat head. You guys, identity is something that people struggle with all through life. It is something that can potentially be destructive to your world. I mean, how many of you guys have walked into a classroom the first day of class and you start looking around wondering where you fit? Like, who am I going to sit next to? If I sit next to them, they're going to think this about me. If I start talking to them, they're going to think this. Or if I do, if I sit here and I talk to the teacher too much, I'm going to get this label. Or the lunchroom is famous for this. Planning like days ahead, man, who are you going to sit with at lunch? I, I don't know where you're going to sit, where are you going to sit, because I don't want to get caught sitting at that table. If I get caught sitting at that table, I'm going to get this label, and I don't want this label. And honestly, I've talked to guys before that have graduated uh, that were phenomenal athletes, and they were broken over the fact that that's the only label they had. They looked at me and said, you know, Josh, people look at me, and all they see is someone that can perform on an athletic field or an athletic court. They don't understand the struggles that I'm having on the inside of asking the question of, does my life have worth? They don't understand that, that I like to process the deep things of life and that there is more to me than a baseball, a basketball, or a football. There's more to me than that. Struggling with identity. Man, I know that you guys that struggling with like relationships with guys and girls, you feel incomplete unless you have a boyfriend or girlfriend. It's because you're struggling with your identity. And this is what I want to give you students tonight. I'm not here to harp on it's wrong or right to have a boyfriend, have a girlfriend, or, or to be a part of a sport or a musical activity. But what I do want to warn you about, all of those things, at some point in your life, will come to an end. There will be a point where you will not put on your athletic gear for the field of competition. There will be a point where you will not lift your trumpet as a part of the marching band. There will be a point 
where you no longer sing, you no longer go to that school, you no longer fill in the blank. And you're left with what your true identity is. And students, I'm telling you, this happens a lot that it throws people into a point of identity crisis. It happened to me in a major way when I was 17. I talk to my children a lot about not investing too much in their activities because someday those activities will end and you will find yourself at a place of identity crisis. I remember it was the last game of the season. We had made it all the way to the Class A state championship and we were supposed to win and we did not. And I had wanted to win that game more than anything. It was my God. And when that was done, and when college football was over for me, I was confused as to who I was. And you know what happened is my life started turning towards a wreck because I was confused. I started to fill my life with anything and everything I could find that was unhealthy because I didn't understand who I was. And this is what I want to tell you tonight is I want to give you some healthy direction on where you find a solid identity that cannot be shifted, cannot be changed, and cannot be wrecked by this world. Because friendships will fail, right? You guys have friends that have, that have talked behind your back. Injuries happen that end athletic careers. That stuff happens. Someday you will be done working your job. Those jobs will be over. Even if you're married to someone for 40, 50, 60 years, those relationships will come to an end and you will be left with who you truly are. I hope this really scares you to some extent. Some of you guys may be sitting here going, I don't care who I am. I know who I am. I'm this bag of Skittles in my hand and a Mountain Dew in my, in my other hand. That's who I am. Students, this is so important. And as I started to look at my identity, I had to point my focus when I was answering the question of who am I, I had to point my focus towards Christ. And I had to look at how he defined his life because if I'm going to call myself a follower of Jesus, I want to define my life in the way that he defines his life. And the best way that I saw Jesus take this issue head on was right before his crucifixion. And what happened was is Jesus took his closest friends with him because Jesus knew what was coming. He took them to a solitary place. And you guys know when you're stressed out and life is tough, you know those two or three friends that you want to text and you want to call and you want to say, hey, I need you. These were those friends for Jesus. And so he brought them with him, and he's like, hey, I need you guys to pray with me. Wait here while I go over here and pray. And so what happened was this. Jesus left them. He went over here, and he fell on his face, you guys, in stress. He was stressed out. Scripture says that he was so stressed out that he sweat blood. A physiological response to what happens when your body is overwhelmed with grief and stress. That can actually happen. Jesus was there and he was praying. He was saying, God, God, I know what is coming. 
And he talked to him. He said, Father, Father, I know what is coming. If there is any way, any other way that we can do this, but if there's not any other way, I accept what you have for me. Jesus was getting ready to walk into a, a, an arrest that was going to be falsely made. Someone was going to lie about him to get him arrested. He was going to go into a trial where he would be lied about so that he would be executed. And he was going to face, you guys, the most gruesome death known to mankind at that time, which was a crucifixion. He would be flogged with a whip until his, the ribs on his back would be exposed to the world. And then he would be laid on a rough cedar-type log, and then nails would be driven through his flesh so that he could hang there until he suffocated. Jesus knew what lay ahead, but he was willing to say yes to that because he understood his identity. And when you have a solid identity, who you are doesn't waver. You don't change who you are when you walk into a party and all of a sudden, there's things in this room that you know that you shouldn't be around, but you change your identity because of the friends that you're around. If you have an identity grounded in who Jesus is, that does not happen. If you have an identity grounded in Jesus when the stress of the moment comes and your boyfriend and girlfriend are pressing you to do something that you know that you don't even want to do, your identity doesn't change because it's grounded in who Jesus is. You name the circumstance. Your identity does not change. You have character at work. You have character at home because your identity is grounded in the Son of God. Because Jesus was able to go, all right, God, I know how hard this is going to be. But I understand what you have done. You sent me to this moment to redeem an entire earth of their sins. I understand that that is what you did. That is why you sent me, and that is who I am. I understand what you are doing, God. Father, I understand that you have brought me to this earth to die a crucifixion that these people cannot die, that Josh Sykes cannot die, that those students sitting in that room at Element, they cannot die the death that needs to pay the price for their sins. I understand what you're doing, and that cross is necessary. He understood that part of his identity, so he was able to step with confidence. And he knew what God was doing. He knew that the cross wasn't the end, students. Jesus knew that God was going to ultimately destroy, defeat, demolish sin for all of humanity. He was going to destroy the grave, and he was going to defeat death, and he knew that God was going to win. And so Jesus was able to get up. He went back and his friends had fallen asleep. They couldn't hang. And he goes, hey, you need to get up. It's time to get on about my father's business because look, my betrayer's coming. And he faced the cross with confidence because he understood his identity in who God was. And you guys, last week we talked about who Jesus was, and Parker talked about Colossians chapter 1. This is one of the most epic descriptions. We're talking about a colossal Jesus last week. This week we're talking about a colossal identity 
that God wants to give you. So you need to listen again to Jesus' identity because that is the identity that God is wanting to clothe you with when you unite your life with him. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him, this is talking about Jesus, you guys, in him all things hold together. He is the one that holds all of creation together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. All authority has been given to Jesus Christ. For God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him, that is Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through Jesus' blood shed on the cross. That is the epic Jesus, who we are to identify ourselves with. You want to have an identity that doesn't waver? Ground yourself in something real. Ground yourself in something that's lasting. Put off these, these false temporary things that become your identity. Man, if I sit you down across from a chair and I say, who are you? You might give me a first and a last name. All that tells me is, is, a, is a set of letters that your parents gave you and that, that you share with a parent. Is that it? Is that all that you are? Some of you might get into, well, well I'm, a, I'm an athlete. I'm a, I'm a really good student. Or maybe I'm a really nice person. Or, you know, no, I, I'm, a, I'm a son. I'm a, I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a brother. Some of you might go that direction. Look. Identity is only lasting, students, when it's grounded in who Jesus Christ is. Because I need the confidence to move forward in life, because life is difficult, am I right? We get to experience death. We get to experience the death of loved ones. We have to experience loved ones that suffer with cancer. We have to experience the death of friends. We have to experience disappointment. We have to experience divorce, parents that walk out. We have to experience friends that don't live up to what they say they're going to do. We have to experience disappointment. We have to experience all of these things, destruction, despair, murder, uh, rape. You go down the list. This is all a part of things that we have to experience. And you know what? If I'm going to walk forward unshaken... It's because I'm going to understand my identity in Christ. And God is the one that told me that that's where my identity is found. And I want to read to you from Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, if you guys have your, your Bibles. Or if you have the version app, you can open up Colossians chapter 2. i got to decide where to start here. There's so much good stuff here. <laughs> I'm going to start with verse 6. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built upon him. Then your faith will grow strong in truth and, 
in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Hey, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of the world rather, rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. He was reminding us of that verse in 1 Colossians when he's talking about the epicness of Jesus. He was reminding the hearers that all of God's fullness was found in Jesus. Okay? So you also are complete. Listen, talk about complete identity. You are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. You are made complete by your union with Jesus Christ. Down in verse 13, I want you to hear this. He says, you were dead because of your sins. You were hopeless. I was hopeless. There was nothing that I could do for myself. I was in a hopeless state. You were dead because of your sins, because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all of our sins. Now listen, students. He canceled the record of the charges against us, and he took it away. He took the charges away. There's a, he took all of that sin away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities, and he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. When I think about my identity, I need to think about what Jesus has done. Those verses, students, these verses tell me that I am no longer identified by my past. If my past were on display on these screens behind me, it would be very hard for me to not be ashamed. But I have to be reminded that Jesus dealt with the shame of my past. Just like a lot of my sin was very public, Jesus took my sin and he dealt with it in a public way on a cross. And I have to remember that on a daily basis because you know what happens when I realize that someone has done that for me? Man, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the God that did that. And that is a great way to start my day is knowing that God has dealt with my past. I need to understand what Jesus has done. I need to understand what Jesus is doing. And you know what Jesus is doing in my life is he is in the process, students, of making me into something that I previously wasn't. And it's a lifelong process. When you look at Parker, you look at any of your coaches, you look at myself, you look at the worship leaders, students, none of us are perfect. We are still in the process of God dealing with who we are and changing us into who he wants me to be. And that is what God wants to do with you. I need to understand what Jesus is doing and Jesus is wanting to step into your life and do the same thing if you'll allow him. And I need to understand what Jesus is going to do. Scripture says that Jesus is coming back. I have complete confidence that when Jesus tells me he is going to do something, that he is going to follow through. And that gives me confidence to live. I fear no one walking into a room and it has nothing to do with how great I am. 
I walk into a room and I feel a great level of confidence because I understand who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, what Jesus is doing, and what he's going to do. And that gives me confidence in who I am in Christ. And students, I need to leave you with this. And you have got to hear this. If you tie your identity to anything in creation, no matter how noble, no matter how great, no matter how wonderful, anything in creation that you could put your hands on, I am telling you right now that you are settling for something lesser. You are settling for a lesser identity than what Jesus wants to give you. We've got a ton of students tonight that are choosing an identity in Christ. And for you students that have never accepted that gift of God through Jesus Christ, that is an opportunity that is open for you to step into that identity. And many of you that are in this room, you've already stepped into that role. Students, you have got to remember the clothes that you're wearing. Scripture says that you have been clothed with Christ. You have a new identity. The old is gone, the new has come. Embrace that identity. It is time for us to no longer settle for the shallowness of an identity that's rooted in anything in creation. We need to grip with both hands our identity that's rooted in Christ because that's the identity that lasts. Let's pray and then celebrate changed lives. God, God, thank you for dealing with my past. Father, I thank you for dealing with the past of these students in this room. Lord, I know there are students in this room that feel like they are defined by their past. Father, I know that there are prideful students in this room that think they're better than other students in this room, maybe because of their financial status, their popularity. Father, that needs to be broken. Father, I pray that these students would find their identity solely in who you are. Because, Father, you're the only identity that lasts. You're the only identity that gives a future. Father, I want nothing more than for all of us to be rooted in that truth. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. And almost to the point of anger, and it hurts me when you guys allow things in creation to put labels on you that don't fit, labels on you that don't belong, Labels on you that, that God never intended for you to wear. Things that you think you are. You're like, man, I'm stupid. I'm, I'm unlovable. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an outcast. No one understands me. Students, I want you to hear this from Romans. In Christ, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. But you received a spirit of sonship. You received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The idea of being someone's child might be difficult for you to understand, but God wanting to call you his precious, precious child. Students, wrap your arms around that identity. And that is only found in Jesus. 
It's the reason you struggle with relationships. It's the reason you struggle in this world is because of misplaced identity. Wrap your arms around the fact that God is wanting you to look at him and call him daddy. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. We got more people wanting to unite their lives with Christ and to share in that glory. Students, some of you need to have that discussion with your coaches in just a few minutes to redefine what your true identity is. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.